Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are watching Off the Track, and it is time to drop the hammer. Pretty stoked. We get to talk about Red Bluff today. It's going to be a, a good show. Red Bluff is just is history that's built into my roots and your roots, and it's always, it's always one of those things that I think it's funny that um, you mentioned this a little earlier in the year, and I'd have to agree with you. It's it's the fact that we've been a part of Red Bluff for so long and it's go-karts, but um, leaving it is so hard. And I yeah. think, um, you know, you're talking about missing potential sprint car races for Red Bluff and how, you know, you think, well, it's a sprint car. I got to grow my career in sprint car racing, but it's so hard to leave. And not, and I think it's hard harder for you to leave because you're running for a points championship. Yeah. But at the same time as me, um, I didn't go on Sunday – because the cup race championship and some other things I had to get done around the house and whatnot. But, uh, it's just hard. Like it's hard to miss a race because, yeah. you know, it's been a part of our lives for so long. Uh, you know, I haven't missed maybe, maybe a handful of 10 to 20 races in my lifetime yeah. out of all the years that I've been. And, uh, that's just crazy. No, it is. It is nuts. And, um, welcome back to the show off yeah. the track today. Welcome We're going to be talking about red bluff. Good to have you guys, uh, you know, here, but yeah, I mean, to jump right into it, you just mentioned Red Bluff and what it really means to us. And I think that's a good way to start the show. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's so hard to describe to other people because yeah. they don't get it. People don't. don't get it. And I understand, like I, I understand their lack of understanding of us yeah. because of how crazy, you know, Red Bluff is. For anybody that doesn't know, Red Bluff Outlaws it's uh, right there in Red Bluff, California. It's yep. a small indoor go-karting the Pauline track. Davis Pavilion. Pauline Davis Pavilion, Tehama County Fairgrounds. And if you do not know anything about the town of Red Bluff, the one thing you need to know is how much history there is for dirt outlaw kart yep. racing. And it's just, uh, it's nuts what has gone on. I mean, this is the 40th year that they've been racing carts in this building. All this has been going on in the amount of names that have came through. Yeah. You just... It's, it's unbelievable. And like you said, it, it's just, it's hard to not want to be a part of everything that's been going on right. there. And not only that too, is there so many things I could point out to the reason and why, um, you know, I, I don't want to miss a race there, but at the same time, I think it's something to mention too is, you know, Red Bluff's kind of under attack right now. And, yeah, you know, are. Red Bluff is down to still 13 races, right? Uh, yeah. With West, that's, with that's West, West Coast Nationals. With yeah. West with West Coast Nationals, my bad there, but um, it's kind of under attack. We're forced to do some two-day shows, and it seems like each year Red Bluff's time is getting more limited and limited and limited based on other events, a fair board and whatnot, but it's really not my place to get into, or do I really want to get into it in this subject or this episode of the podcast, but uh, it's just something to mention. It's under attack there, and you know, I wanted to ask you this question before we get too deep into the season that we're going to talk about today, uh, the 2021 season. Uh, what are your thoughts on relocating Red Bluff? Oh, this is a good, this is a hard this is, topic. This is a hard topic, and, and I can explain mine too if, if think, you want a second. I think or, most people are going to disagree with my look. And um, just to give background, you kind of talked about how long you've been at Red Bluff. Yeah. You've been at Red Bluff a little longer in the sense of uh, your family. Your dad, your dad started going there, right? Or, so, yeah, so they... When my dad was in the truck series, he wanted to get into racing. So he went and found Red Bluff when I think I was like four. Gotcha. I was four when we watched our first yeah. race there. 
he'd probably known about it a little bit longer. You're just a couple years ahead of me. Right. And then I started racing there when I was five, six, and I think you came around yeah. when I was seven, six, Because I started right racing Red Bluff. Uh, my first ever time was 2009. And, yeah. and since the 2009 West Coast Nationals, I have not missed a race at Red Bluff since. Right. I've been there every single night, every single lap, whatever. Um, and so this is my 12th season, full-time, not missing a race, just you know, dedicated. And, and I think that's why I feel so strongly attached to the place Yeah, and its future. And I feel like it's made me, I feel like it's given me so much, you know, and we've put so much to the place too, as well. Like we've, yeah. you know, we put our best foot forward. We supported it. We've ran all these laps. Um, and we've seen it change, you know, through different yeah. owners, through a couple different formats maybe. Uh, but as far as like Red Bluff relocating, and I guess a quick backstory before I actually even answer that, What's kind of going on with Red Bluff is, as Bennett mentioned, we share Red Bluff or that building with other events, you know, right. horse people, um, uh, rodeo stuff, I think, and whatnot. Yeah, barrel races and so jackpots. So pretty much we're kind of at the bottom of the barrel. Outlaw kart racing is not yeah. what they really want in that building, but Red Bluff Outlaws pays a substantial amount of money yeah. in rent and to, to, to the to the the board the board so that's what i was gonna say red bluff outlaws uh the owner owns red bluff outlaws but at the same time he is leasing the building yeah he to say exactly that's how it works and, and it's so, always worked that way yeah so not get into it too heavily but so you guys understand like we are in a fight right now on trying to still have our time in our races but that's yeah. why our schedule is so weird this year because we literally only could have the weekends we have what we have in october in December, because nothing's going on. We can't race in January. We can't race in November. It's a disaster. Yeah. Um, and so for the last five years, probably, the talks have been of possibly relocating Red Bluff. Because yeah. if we had our own private building, not like we'd have more races, you know, we just wouldn't have to deal with all the, the, the say it, the BS that, that we goes have with to, it, right? That goes with having the Red Bluff Outlaws at the Tama County Fairgrounds. Now, to answer your question, as much as it would be better, it would be better... To not have to deal with that, I think yeah. what makes Red Bluff is the location, yeah. the fairgrounds, the building. You know, I've never been to Chili Bowl, but I hear people talk about what they feel when they walk into the building of the Chili Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I think for people that have been around a Red Bluff for a long time, you know, or people that understand it, that's the, I get, I get a feeling. Like when I walk into Red Bluff, I get like this nervous, like, like, um, I, I don't know. It never know. goes away. It, it's like a chills, man. I've been going there for, you know, over you know half my lifetime and i still yeah. get the same feeling every single time i pull in the parking lot i we open the back door we unload the cart go on the track it's just like it's crazy so to talk about red bluff and you know, obviously everything it's going through right now it's it's tough and it makes me sad because like it, it, i wish that battle was easier and it, we right. could we could kind of have you know what both sides need especially because outlaw carts bring so much to red bluff you know like the, as a community you know yeah. like having you know all these people factory qrc is less than a mile down the road yeah that too you know i mean factory qrc you know one of the first cart manufacturers it you know there's so many benefits and like i said actually don't i don't want to even get too much into the the political side of everything but yeah it's just um and actually that's funny we weren't even planning on starting the podcast like this but yeah. it's such a good topic so i mean what are your thoughts on you know red bluff being in a different location i i just don't think i don't think red bluff could ever be red bluff it'd have to be something else it would right. have to be something else but also, I think the biggest issue is if Red Bluff leaves the building it's in, I think something else, possibly racing-wise, will try to move in. So it could cause some interesting, you know. Right. 
I, I completely agree with you, and it's funny. I'm actually kind of going through the similar situation with uh, the rodeo association I'm part of. Um, people are trying to come in and buy the land because we're on to city's land and whatnot. But that's neither here nor there. It's dealing with the same thing, something that's been around for almost 75 years, um, and now it's potentially going to be moved. And the the pros and cons of it is just how you have to look at it. It's like Red Bluff, I completely agree. The historical state it is, how the track used to be, the old footage and whatnot, you know, you don't want to see that go away. The yeah. racing there is so awesome now, you don't want to see it get, you know, moved. But at the same time, you see the owner. I truly feel bad for the owners in a stronghold. Yeah. You know, every pit meeting we have, it seems like he's under more fire every weekend. They want yeah. us to have a smaller pit area. They want us to, they're threatening one tire gets lost. They're going to cancel the whole yeah. season or left, like leaving your tire. Sound because we're Sound. in, we are in California. It's so screwed up where these locations have to be. You know, we're in yeah. the middle of town. So we have houses all around us. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, you know, at one point I don't ever want to see Red Bluff move. And I agree with you. I think if it does, someone else is going to try to make something happen there. But at the same time, logistically, let's yeah. say Red Bluff moves and we could add another $1,000 to the purse each weekend yeah. because we don't have to pay the immense amount that he's paying. Um, then there you go. There's two grand to win every weekend. So I think, you know, not to get too deep into it right now, I think there are pros and cons to it. Yeah. And I think we'd really have to weigh out the situation. I know um, we're, we're, Look, because I know a little bit more behind the scenes. We're looking at options and whatnot, and I know the best interest if we moved Red Bluff would to be relocate and recreate the exact atmosphere. Yeah, and I know that's never going to happen. But if you could get close to it, I think that would be a benefit. Sure. But I also think at the same time, it's the Red Bluff Outlaws. It'd be weird. It's where I started racing since I was five. Yeah, and would it be ever be the same? It just wouldn't. Like yeah. you can't beat the Pauly and Davis. But, uh, you know, I think something's going to have to happen here soon. Something's going to have to change I know, in some way. I know it's going to. It's just where that goes. I don't know, and I don't think you know. I don't think anyone knows yet. It's just uh, it's just an idea I had. Yeah. I want to know your opinion on it. Absolutely, yeah. So Red Bluff is in a weird spot for anybody that doesn't know. Obviously, you guys are on the outside looking in. You know, you just you see our vlogs. I mean, and it's it's incredible, you know. And that's that's why I'm so attached to the place. And um, I, I don't know what would happen if we saw it go. It, it would be... Uh, it would be interesting and it would change our winners, you know, uh, significantly, yeah. but Red Bluff is just Red Bluff. So it's the 40th season, uh, to kind of get into it. The whole point of this podcast was actually to kind of recap the first four races, yeah. get you guys back in the loop so we can continue on is, um, November we have off because as we talked about, yep. we can't get dates, um, during this month because we are kind of at the bottom of the priority list. So we resume there. I think it's December 4th and then we run the 11th and then the 18th. And that's kind of the first half of our season before we come back like six or seven weeks yeah. later. And we've and never continue. had we've never had two day points race shows, especially on a Sunday. The only yeah. time I think I've ever remembered racing on a Sunday at Red Bluff was Nationals. Nationals, yeah. That's it. And so, now we're in a predicament where we have to have two two day shows this year right. just to have the normal amount of points races. And I think if I remember correctly, Nationals used to be Friday, Saturday. Like they would yeah. run everything on Saturday. We never and even they, ran Sundays. And one time, I think one time they did the whole um, trophy presentation for the whole series after, after yeah. Saturday. And I think it was like 3 a.m. when we went It's home. just, it's crazy. So it's crazy to see just this transition of how everything's working yeah. throughout time. And, and I think a lot of it is because of how healthy. And that's actually a good topic kind of right. to transition to next. Before, before we get into the four races we've ran, 
you know, outlaw kart racing is so healthy right now. And that's yeah. kind of where it's crazy, the predicament we're in with Red Bluff, because it's not like we're just holding on. You know, we only have 60 cars every right, week right. and just this small group of people that loves it. We're almost outgrowing. We're outgrowing Red Bluff. And that is yeah. that is another reason where if we did change, maybe it you know, would make it a little different. But yeah, I mean, so I think the the highest car count we've had this year was that first week. 203 or 202? Uh, something like that. It was, it was yeah. over 200. It was a lot. And... You know, consistently, I think our lowest night was, you know, 180, and that was maybe the second or it was maybe the Sunday show. But we're still consistently seeing between 180 and 210 carts, you know, uh, so far. Well, I think something to mention there is always the first race back is chaotic because, you know, you got to get in the swing of things. But also, I think as the season goes on, three other indoor winter tracks open up. That's Lakeport, Roseburg, and Chowchilla. So once those open up, obviously, we lose a few car counts. But, you know, more of the big races like the Tyler Wolf Memorial was on a Sunday. I think car counts dropped a little bit, but at the same time. Still had the same amount of opens. I know. I was going to say perpetual night. I'm sure we get the same amount, if not more, for yeah. our big shows. Yeah, no. Red Bluff is just in a weird spot right now. So, like I said, because we're, we're fighting this, but our sport is growing. So I'm Purses really, are more healthier than ever. Purses are up incredibly, and that is specifically to Chase Rodman, yeah. Kyler Shaw, and a couple uh, people in a small crew we got to give a shout out to them to yeah. kind of give you guys some context there. Red Bluff now pays a thousand dollars to win on a weekly basis, which for, opens. for us, yeah, yeah, sorry for opens and for us drivers. I mean, that that's huge considering when I won my first open race in 2017, I got 140 bucks and yeah, and it, it's so hard to win an open race there. So now, you know, we have um, beautiful checks. We have like a small little plaque trophy. The big races have their normal, um, you know, prestigious display, trophy, prestigious trophies. And so Red Bluff right now is just in such an awesome spot to where not only is it now a series where it, it was always looked at as a difficult thing to win, tough, but now it's turning into its own professional winter. Right. The social media stuff's awesome. It's getting more attention than ever. Fast forward streaming it. Our, our, one of my partners on the sprint car and good buddy, Kyler Shaw, he has put so much into the Red Bluff Outlaws over the last eight years. One thing I wanted to mention there, and I think it's kind of cool. Um, we'll talk about it obviously a little bit more later, but um, if anyone remembers Mullet Media that's watching this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kyle Larson would watch Mullet Media regularly, and that's when he lived back in you know North Carolina and whatnot. Yeah. And that's just because That was the of, after show after That's Red the Bluff. after show of you know, the recap or whatnot, but that's just how prestigious and almost entertainment that Red Bluff causes yeah. you know people like kyle larson who um have won and done everything in the dirt world that are still so involved in red bluff outlaws racing um and i think that just goes to show like that's just crazy i mean yeah. look at the eyes that are on this facility that yeah. aren't even racing it weekly and there's and there's just it's part of it because there's nothing else going on you know right. and i think uh so yeah and there's only so many positives to you know the red bluff outlaws and what it brings and and how this season has went so far. To kind of jump into it, before we talk about Red Bluff, just wanted to touch on the QRC cards because they are orange this year, which I know is probably a little unexpected. And and the story behind that is they were meant to be red. So we got the the cards back, which I I don't like design or um, have necessarily like a say in what what the cards look like. Jimmy, who owns everything, you know, he he does uh, or he has a designer that designs them, and they kind of go back and forth, and they get them how how Jimmy wants them to look, and um, they always are super clean, you know? and it's cool to change things up because originally the factory cards were more of like this black, um, simple, 
And over the years, they've kind of went through a, a little bit of a different phase of um, a little more color and, and yeah. change. And I'm sure maybe one day back, we'll be back to the old cars. It's just every year, just change it up. Keep it a fresh look. And um, they were meant to be red, but it ended up being like a fluorescent red, orange. I think. And yeah. so it came out orange. Kind of like this. Exactly. Yeah, like the orange behind us. Um, and so even though it, uh, it it's different, it actually still turned out really cool. You can obviously see us on track. The only thing we talked about that messed up the look a little is uh, all the components are anodized red right. so so that's a little bit different but other than that actually the cars look phenomenal so if you're just wondering like how did orange come about it was supposed to be like a bright red like the kbm or you know like the red you kind of see here where it um you know it, it obviously stands out but what's your uh out of all time so i don't it's think back as far as you can what's your favorite factory scheme of all time that's even back when so, keith bloom was running yeah i mean it there's so many cool ones i'm a huge fan of the sean becker car so sean becker i'm not sure what year but when he was a house driver at qrc many years back they had like this really bright blue yeah. and it was a red bluff yamaha themed uh sponsored car and then i think you can't go wrong when Logan Seavey was in his prime of dominating the Northern California and the United States when he ran anywhere in an outlaw cart in the factory QRC 51. Yeah. Just the plain carbon fiber, black wing, white number, um, even not even a red cage, just a bear cage. Like yeah. just, I, I'm a big fan of simple and clean cars. Yeah. And uh, I think those two right off the top of my head. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of what we've done in the last five years, changing it up. You know, obviously the orange stands out, the red stand it out. The last year's cars grew on me like no other. We have the yeah. panel up there. I was going to uh, say my two favorite ones are actually in the studio. I mean, that's not the actual panel, but that's the oh, replica. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. That, that was, was cool. an awesome scheme right there. And I think the orange... Yeah, the, the orange, white, or the orange, white, With and the gray. the Australian numbers. <laughs> Sick. I thought those were two of my favorite ones. Yeah. But um, anyways, sure. I thought that was just... Absolutely. Talk about there. Absolutely. So that's kind of how the QRC carts, if you were just wondering, like, where'd the orange come from? You know, well, it was a mistake, but it was so far every mistake they've kind of made on, we've made on cars usually yeah. actually turn out really, really good. Uh, to kind of jump into the first four races, so far, I don't really think, at least from, from the 18T's perspective, they could have really went too much better. Um, obviously, if you have more wins in the wins column, that's always possible. But one win in four races, four top fives, uh, three podiums. Only thing that we've really lacked is qualifying, and that's just been because of a couple of issues with our engine, trying to figure it out and not really wanting to clean out. But come May main event time, man, no matter where we've started, um, we've went forward. I think we're sitting around almost plus 20 in positions, you know, starting 10th a couple of nights and still running in the top three. Yeah. And then obviously leading all the laps of the Tyler Wolf Memorial on that Sunday show. Um, now going into this break, I mean, we're looking really, really good. Yeah, the 18T has kind of been a standout hitter, and I think also so is Landon. Like, you yeah. you can almost guarantee that, you know, factory cars are going to be a threat in each main event. But um, other than that, I mean, I think here's a good way to get into it, uh, racing surfaces. Yes. Um, this year we've kind of seen a different majority of racing surfaces. And I know last year, since the Burst Bull Ring Showdown, we had rubber every weekend. Yeah. And I think it was obviously the worst, the final race yeah. at nationals. But this year, what are your thoughts on what you've seen so far? The surfaces have been different. And, you know, I think that's where it's tough from um, the promoter of Red Bluff and owner, Brandon Williams. He does the track prep. You know, he's in a really tough spot because, you know, last year we had rubber and obviously a lot of people were complaining about it. I'm sure there was people out there that liked it. You know, actually, yeah. I'm not. I'm not completely against rubber down. I've actually seen some really good rubber down tracks. It, I don't necessarily think it provides the best racing, but I've still seen services where we can race on them, if that makes sense. And yeah. and obviously, we we don't hate it too because, 
or at least myself, I've felt like I've always been really good in the rubber because I ran a sprint car. So I kind of, some of that stuff translates over to how you drive the car and, you know, yeah. keeping it straight and keeping the tires under you and watching, managing your tire wear, you know, so it's just a different ball game. But this year, Red Bluff has got to the point where they've been able to rework the racetracks and they've also changed up when the opens have went um, mm-hmm. the last three races. So now, like the first week, was the first week rubber down? I'm trying no, to think. I th- well, yeah, well, I think it, it was a slick yeah. in the heat races. Yes. Because what happens is uh, usually if you run on Red Bluff the night before, always it's going to be slick to rubber. Yeah. And they had all the play day laps or whatnot. So I think the first night was slick in the heat races. Yeah. So it's it fairly up. racy. And then the main event was rubbered up. Yeah. So the first week it did rubber up. And we're like, all right, we're kind of thinking this is what it's going to be all season long. Right. And it, it really wasn't necessarily like that because they kind of... They experimented with some things because at one point the first week they did rework the track. Yeah. We saw how long it held up and it it was a rework, but it really wasn't a huge one. It was just kind of testing the waters, I think. Came back the next week and they really utilized that option. And, and the reason, well, one p- quick thing so you guys understand is they pushed start times back an hour or two or, or an hour or and a half. Them up. What do you mean? Like, well, yeah, yeah. Well, either way you look gotcha. at it, they started They started earlier. Gotcha, yeah, So yeah. Brandon has more opportunity to rework the track. Yes, throughout the night. A deeper rework. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much, I mean, I think uh, they're starting Mud Pack at 1030, which when I first started coming to Red Bluff, we started at 12. So we're 12, up yeah. an hour and a half complete through the years, how it's transitioned. And uh, qualifying starts also uh, an hour and a half earlier with the beginner boxes as they run through the night. Um, but basically, as you said, the point is to try to get the show in faster and then also have time to rework the racetracks. Yep. Now, also in order to do that, they eliminated trophy dashes, which in my opinion, the only thing that the trophy dash was good for was testing your race car because, I mean, you're just racing for a trophy. Yeah. And it was just an opportunity to... And to, points. And points. Yep. But for me, I never made the most trophy dashes, so we get rid of them. I could care less. Like, let's get rid of the trophy dash. I'm on the flip side because I love trophy dashes. And I always remember when I made my first one, it was probably about the most prestigious thing. For sure. And I, 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 I remember, that. And I remember, like, if... If you're the top, like if you're in a trophy dash, it's kind of your time to shine because you're the top six fastest sure. car of that night. And I think like uh, if there's a way they could bring them back, um, I know a lot of people, Brandon asked, well, what if we did them for no points and we threw them in? And a lot of people said, no, they don't want to do it. And it makes sense. You don't want to put any more wear on your car for, sure. for no points or anything like that. But, you know, I also think a lot of people might like them for the trophy, but um, I think they're prestigious and... Uh, they added a light, and I think it also added those bonus points. You could really make them up. And sure. I think QRC, this is kind of a funny story. I want to throw this out there. Um, it added for an interesting team effect, if you remember yeah. that trophy dash where someone scratched or something yeah, like that. Yeah, landing got in the dash, yeah. Landing got in the dash because someone scratched to get more points. So I think it was, uh, I think it was interesting, and I think it for should sure. be back, but... Um, you know, this year, obviously, we don't have them. Yeah, it, for sure. And I, and I understand everyone's on a different side of the fence there. And, and if you really, now that we're talking about, there's so many things that have been going on at Red Bluff I didn't even realize. You yeah. kind of just, it just happens and you don't think about. But yeah, I mean, like I said, the trophy dashes were just um, a good part of the night for us to try your tr- or test stuff with your car because every time you're on track at Red Bluff, something matters. And that was the only thing that was like, hey, if you run last in this dash and we try something, it, it's yeah. not completely huge hindering your night. Right. Uh, so, so that definitely changed things up, but the track conditions back to that, uh, started out with the rubber down first night, but then the second night, man, it, it only got really, really slick and it didn't lay rubber. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, all right, that, 
that felt like that, was awesome. that felt like Red Bluff, you know, a couple of years ago. We haven't really experienced that. You know, all of a sudden our cars are doing different things and we're feeling, at least I was feeling different things behind the seat. And I'm like, all right, I got to kind of adjust because when you're racing on rubber and you're flying and you're, there's so much grip everywhere, you can drive the cars way differently. But now when there's actually just more grip in the form of wet, a wet racetrack in certain areas and slick and hard in other, yeah. I mean, you have to drive the cars differently and we, they have to set them up differently. And then we had an even bigger curveball when we came back for this two-day show. Uh, the first night, they reworked it like almost directly right before the open feature. Right. Two races before, they had the cage clones and they had the beginner boxes. Yeah. And then us. So we literally rolled out there on, on a almost a qualifying track. track. Yeah. I never had that happen my whole entire life in my 12 years of Red Bluff. And I, I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I wouldn't say I didn't know what to do. I just was like, all right, we're going to kind of take this lap by lap and see. Like, I don't know. The bottom could be good. The top could be good. Well, and the, the cars are, We have our cars really free to try to get to maneuver. And That's what I was going to say. Everyone sets these cars up advanced ahead of time. And then when he, you know, when he goes and does something like that, not saying it's good or bad. So, um, you know, it just throws a curveball in it. Whereas, yeah. like, one person who had a setup for slick or rubber – might fall back because they just don't have it. Yeah, and I think, guys, it kind of put us in a spot where guys were gambling with what to do. Like, hey, do yeah. we set up for the end of the race, you throw the beginning of the race? On. I mean, a 33 you is know, a huge gamble at that point. You know, like, you know, do we think the track's going to blow off? Do we think it might get heavier? Is it going to get rough? Like, there's so many ways it could go. So I think that was the interesting part of everybody's rolling out there with the I don't know factor, and yeah. I just got to whoever can adapt. And fortunate enough, where I started, I was able to move forward fairly quickly and got up close to the front. And my teammate Landon Brooks had a heck of a battle with uh, Preston Carr, Carr yeah. which congrats to him. First open win three nights into the season, yeah. rookie season. Incredible. That's not that's not easy to do, especially with a 50-car-plus field. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's the hardest thing to do at his current point so in what, his racing. what is your take on that form of track? It was different. I think it was a little fast. I think if it, I think if the opens were running in the same spot we normally do last, it would have been perfect. perfect. I think the track was a little too fast just because it was kind of hard to slide someone unless if they know the slider's coming, they can lift and cross. But if right. they don't know a slider's coming, You're gonna touch. you meet in the middle too quickly. Uh, and I think the top eventually, it was no different than, it was just one extreme to the other. Like I think, you know, rubber, sometimes it gets really fast around the middle. It's hard to pass, but the hooked up was kind of the same way. The times were really quick. Yeah. And it, you know, besides restarts and when guys were racing in front of you, it was a little bit difficult to make it happen. So I think it was, but it was a good thing for us to see that track state. And then I think now we're like, all right, we're finding closer to that middle where we need where, to go, where the racing is really good. It's slower. You know, you're not just destroying tires and guys can, you know, drive okay. from back to front. That's what I was going to say is I think, um, cause I watching that race from the stands, I think first through third had the advantage on that track but anywhere after that you had an opportunity to go forward because i know yeah. each restart you know the bottom's juiced up you could get a run on the bottom if they got bottlenecked on top or vice versa so i think um that track provided for some good racing deeper in the field like you said you moved forward fairly quick but i do agree i think it's a little fast for out front to where you know on that surface the leader's going to kind of check out because they can drive it in a lot deeper and harder with no one in front of them and uh, they can just stick it. And I would definitely have to agree with you. And I think uh, some of the best track conditions, and it was still a little dominant on top, but the Tyler Wolf Memorial, we saw a slick but not rubber down. Maybe yeah. towards the end, it started to get abrasive. 
uh, they they didn't really have a chance to work it throughout the night. It was a Sunday show, so they're obviously trying to get done early. People, you know, have to work the next day. It wasn't like a holiday weekend or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but the racetrack stayed pretty good. It was fast during the heat races, and it held grip for the most part. And there was still actually a good amount of grip on the bottom in the feature, and it was slick kind of around the top. And fortunate enough, and I don't know what it is about my luck at the Tyler Wolf Memorial, but I was I did a video on my channel about my stats. I've started on the front row out of the last four out of five Tyler Wolf Memorials in the last five years. Yeah. One, two of them, should have won all four of them, but we've been really fast, and for some reason there's just something about that race. I don't know, but I started front row outside, was able to lead all the laps, but it wasn't easy. I had to fend off Steven Gannon early. He was really good around the bottom. Tyler Seavey got up there, and he was really good on the bottom. Um, in a lot of like really close starts, a couple slide jobs, racing back to the yellow. One thing I do want to touch on is, man, it kind of sucks that we have not gotten as many green flag laps as I was hoping kind of the first four races, you know, every night yeah. there's so many yellows in the A and it, it makes it, obviously it's, it should be tough on the leader. It's hard to win, but I just mean more like the I, restarts. I feel like the racing would be a little bit better if we had a chance to get into lap traffic, you know, even though things right. spread out, but once you catch up to lap traffic, like in a sprint car, you know, sometimes the racing's not always necessarily great out front, but it's once they get into traffic, that's when the real racing begins. Cause yeah you have to race around each other as well as the lap cars. And we haven't seen a lot of that. So, you know, I think that would be, uh, I think that would make Red Bluff a lot more interesting. Instead of the restart game to me is not as much fun because it's a lot of positioning and back and forth versus like, I would really love to race with the guy out front in clean air. Yeah. And then we're going to see who has the best car and who can make the best decisions in traffic versus who can maybe have a Hail Mary start and, right. you know, maybe not be the best car and, and win the race. Yeah, I know um, the Knight Preston car won there was uh, a fair amount of cautions yeah. and then he took the lead <clears throat> had one more restart and that's when you drove all the way up to second or third uh third well at third. one point i wasn't second you were in second uh, landon and him slid each other a couple times i slid with landon and, and that i will say that was i felt like some of the best racing um of the season as far as up front for right. the win but that's just one point or one thing to mention on the point you just made is you ran out of laps yes. and and i think we both agree you know had you had some more laps. You could have caught him and gave him a run for his money. For but, sure. you know, so many cautions, the leader gets there. By then, you're just running out of laps. For sure. And I think that was one thing that was interesting that we talked about. So the night that Preston won, I actually felt like him and Landon were the better cars. I ran third, and I felt like I was probably more a third-place car. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was mainly because my car was really good early. But some of the stuff we set up for since the track did change my car, and it wasn't that it wasn't good at the end. It just wasn't that there. half a tenth yep. or a tenth I really needed just to be a little bit faster. You know, you look at Preston's lap times, and he was, you know, consistently just a little bit better. Landon yeah. started to reel him in at the end, but I was driving about as hard as I could. And just as the race went on, I started to fade a little. I'm like, man, all right, I need to kind of just, you know, hang in here for a third-place finish. Hopefully, we don't get any yellows, and that's a good, consistent night. Yeah. And that's how Red Bluff is. You kind of have to accept that not every night you're going to win. And yeah. it's just uh, – it sucks because, obviously, running third, you know, you don't – you know, when you're that close to a win, they're hard to come by. Uh, you obviously like to get the job done. But, unfortunately, with how good everyone is and everyone has such stellar equipment, you know, at this point, we have four races, four different winners. And, and last year – Luckily, I think our team was the only team to repeat in victories. I mean, that goes to show there was like 10 or nine different winners throughout the season. It's just incredible, the competition. It is. And I think the last time we had a lap traffic incident where someone passed or took the lead and won is I think when you won Perpetual. over Perkins, right? Yeah. And that was 
Um, and that race, that we were in traffic year. a couple of times. Right. And so, like you were saying, I don't think there's much traffic. And I, I agree. I like traffic races because especially in a sprint car, you get hyped up. And even me, like I love actually watching the beginner box or the box sock yeah. race because they, they get in lap traffic and the kids out front know what they're doing. They yeah. they know how to maneuver through lap traffic. And uh, it, it just gets your blood pumping when you see the leaders in lap traffic. Now we're second. Second's coming. Yeah. You see the, the time ticking down. So uh, I agree. I think, you know, more lap traffic would be better. Yeah. So uh, it would be good to get on some longer green flag runs. I just think, you know, obviously it's hard for the guys. It makes it tougher for a guy to win from 10th if the race goes green to checkered. And I understand that. But I just feel like if I'm starting fourth maybe and I'm running second and the guy's out front leading, like I want to see us get to traffic because I, you know, I think it comes down to who makes the best decisions. And I personally love as a, a, if I'm a spectator, I love when the guy out front has to start making risky moves. Like if he's going to death slide a lap car to try to put him in between right. the rest of the field, or, you know, it just puts these guys, it puts us all in a different element to where we really have to think about it and not just run the same line, you know, lap after lap, get a yellow, get back out front, run yeah. lap. You know, obviously for a leader, sometimes that's good, but looking at it from the guys in second, third, and fourth, like, I'm hungry. Like, let's get some lap traffic and let's really, you know, see who can outrace. Um, So it was cool to win the Tyler Wolf. I I did want to touch on that. Uh, That was our second Tyler Wolf memorial in the open class, but Mm -hmm. super special race. You know, I didn't really know Tyler (laughs) personally. I met him one time at our local track, the Southern Oregon Speedway, 10 minutes away from the studio here. But that's just one kind of, I feel like, you know, everyone is, uh, you know, you're definitely putting your best foot forward and, yeah. you know, it pays a little bit extra money, $1,500. That's, that's so crazy too. When you think about it, isn't like, that a limited win at Southern Oregon, Uh limited wins, 1250, a, a local 360 purse on the West coast is roughly 1500 bucks. So yeah. it's crazy. We race for that in an outlaw car, outlaw car at Red Bluff. Outlaws. And not only that, that's only $500 more than a weekly, weekly pay. Yeah. So like a limited show in an ISCS is a thousand to win and Red Bluff pays the same. It's incredible. Yeah. It really is. And the pay throughout the top five, 500 bucks for second, 300 for third, 200 for fourth yeah. and a hundred bucks for fifth. So, you know, the guys that are running up front at Red Bluff are now starting to at least get back, you know, maybe what they're putting into. And if you have a phenomenal season or win, it sounds like some of the bigger shows throughout the year are going to pay significant, even maybe a little more than what the Tyler Wolf paid and obviously West Coast Nationals. So it's really cool to see, you know, what Outlaw Car guys put into it. If you can run up front and prove you're the best, you're definitely going to get something in return. And not only that, too, is this is something I've learned with rodeo and whatnot, doing business, um, how to attract big corporate sponsors and stuff, is they want to know that their money is going into something professional. Yeah. So when you start adding a certain purse money, weekly purse money, you know, they want to be a part of that. They want to say, well, let's make it more prestigious and make it five grand. Like, you know, and I think we're going in the right direction to start enticing more, you know, corporate businesses. But a big shout out to every company so far that has stepped forward and put up money for this year. Um, throughout, you know, all the contingency sponsors and whatnot. But uh, I think we're definitely going in the right direction because that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, not only is it pay money to win, but, you know, <laughs> we win a heat race, get a $50 bill. 50 bucks. You, know, you know, like you win a D-Main. That, you that, win the D-Main, you get 50 bucks. Like that's Not only that, that's so cool. you win the C-Main, I think you get a tire. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, back in the day, I remember <laughs> when I was around 250s, uh, you would go through a tire maybe every two or three races. Well, back last year when it was rubber, you're going through a tire every weekend. Yeah. So if you could... You know, pick someone up hands C-main. me a free tire for winning the C main. I'm yeah. like, I'm You're stoked. Pumped. That's 70, so. 80 bucks right yeah. there. Yeah. No, it's uh it's crazy where Red Bluff's gone. And that's obviously in the premier division, the open class. You know, I'm not gonna say like that's the class everyone comes to watch, but obviously yeah. that is kind of the face of yeah. the Red Bluff Outlaws. And so to see where it's going, not only professionally, the competition, 
it's in um, definitely the healthiest state it's ever been. So I think as they continue to just get the racetrack where it needs to be, which is not an easy job, you know, yeah. that is kind of one of the, I think, one of the pieces of the puzzle everyone's trying to put together yeah. um, to making Red Bluff on this, you know, on this hill that it's on already, um, you know, at one of the centers of everyone's winner as they're trying to watch us all compete. And I think that's also another hats off, like you said, huge thanks to Kyler, uh, Chase, yeah. all those people behind the, the scenes. The whole crew at Red Bluff. They're just, uh, they're doing a lot to make this even bigger yeah. and better. And like we said, the the uh, like we see it going downhill on the other side of things, but on the other side, it's going uphill. Yeah. So where this meets in the middle, I don't know, yeah. but um, I'm pretty happy seeing this sport move forward. Yeah, Red Bluff is definitely not going anywhere, and I cannot wait to run the next eight races we have spread out across the next couple of months. Uh, the last update on the 18T, we're in a good spot. We are leading the points right now currently by five. If we could have qualified, like really where we were lacking is just, I said, qualifying. And that's kind of where the Red Bluff point skill is tough. You do have to be a really good qualifier. That's a yeah. huge part of your night. You know, it doesn't matter that, you know, obviously we have uh, five or four top fives. And if you kind of look at the points that we've gathered in AMA events compared to everyone else, we're obviously up there. And it's just, um, you know, all about putting together a full night. So hopefully this is our year. We're chasing a championship. It'd be really cool to get it for Factory QRC. And uh, I know one thing we kind of touched on earlier, a lot of guys were asking why we decided to come back from Trophy Cup. Yeah. And it was kind of to the point you talked about earlier of it's so hard to miss a race at Red Bluff because yeah. of that prestige. And originally we had a, a substitute lined up and I was going to have someone fill in because Red Bluff, you are allowed two substitutes. And obviously with how our Trophy Cup went, Red Bluff's just on the way home, and we decided that was going to be better. And actually, that was the right decision overall because we had some engine problems to start that night. And it was just lucky I was there. We were able to get some things swapped out yeah. and um, still ended up running second in the A-Main event. But, yeah, Red Bluff is just a hard place to... It's a hard place to not show well, up and be there every, you know, I always say FOMO, you know, the yeah. fear of missing out, yep. the fear of missing out on a Red Bluff night, man, it get, I can't even, it's hard to think about. It one is. of the, one of the cool things though, um, I think we want to talk about a little bit too, is uh, look at what Red Bluff's produced. Tyler Reddick competed in the uh, cup series this year. Um, Kyle Larson puts together a stellar year, 10 wins, a championship, uh, big hats off to Kyle. And it was cool watching Owen, Caitlin and, you know, their whole family picked that yeah. up. But um, Kyle Larson, and I and we want to get Kyle on the podcast, but <clears throat> Kyle hasn't won at Red Bluff yet. And, and, an I, event, and, and I want to just point that out by showing how prestigious this place is and how difficult it is yeah. to win at Red Bluff. I yeah, mean, that's nuts. He's Yeah, he's ran many open races there. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think he really was in the open class a long time back before he obviously got to the point of his career where yeah. taking off, winning all these other divisions. Um, but he is still chasing that first open win. And obviously yeah. he hasn't ran Red Bluff a lot in the past, but he's been close on certain occasions. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, uh, it's crazy that that goes to show how tough it is. And I'm sure Kyle will be back at yeah. some point to chase, chase that victory. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy what he's done. And obviously he's a product of starting at Red Bluff at a very young age, racing Cycleland as well. Rico, you mentioned Tyler Reddick. Um, Logan CV, Logan's went on to do big things and obviously in the dirt community or in, in the dirt world. Not only that too, it's kind of cool seeing this full circle come around. Yeah. Now we have, uh, Owen came back and raised. Yeah. Um, he's going to come back. I'm sure some other time, uh, Wyatt, Wyatt, Miller. Wyatt just raised. Yeah. So Wyatt Miller, uh, was in one of the factory QRC cards. So Wyatt, um, I know he's a big fan of the videos. We might have to get him even on the podcast for an interview what he thought about Red Bluff. Yeah. But Wyatt, he um son of Kelly Miller in LW. 
and uh, Kelly is obviously Dale Jr.'s uh, sister, yep. and so that's kind of the circle on the family there. But yeah, uh, Wyatt ran very good, made his first ever main event his second night on the Tyler Wolf Memorial. I'm not sure where he ended up. I didn't get a chance to watch because I just got done with the open feature, and then those guys rolled right into their race, yep. and we were obviously finishing up celebration pictures, media stuff. Uh, but it's just so cool to see these guys come to Red Bluff, and I know I have to say it here on the podcast. I really would like to see Brexton Bush. I want that's we what need we the Bush family about. out to Red Bluff. We want Kyle out there in Brexton because I know the first person in the autograph line is going to be me. Yeah, I might be second. I, I might be fighting for the first spot now. Uh, it's going to be cool, and I think they're leaning that way because Brexton just ran a micro race in a uh, in Lamore in Lamore, and he was uh, I don't know how he did, but I think he made the feature. So. Seems like he's picking up the pace pretty well in Millbridge. Yeah, Braxton's very talented. And I also think uh, in that group, because it's kind of cool, you see kind of like the cup cup dads um, that have their kids racing in Millbridge are all kind of you know yeah. friends pitting together. So that also leads me to believe that um, Cash Boyer might come out too. I know. There's we'll so see. many names. Like, I would love to see, you know, just because it, it's cool to see these people experience Red Bluff because they hear about it, obviously, but... They just, they don't realize it. And I always wonder what they feel like leaving. Like, they're like, yeah. man, this place is legit. Hard. It's yeah. hard. And I wonder if they get that same feeling we get when we walk into the building. Eventually, once they realize, you know, what yeah. Red Bluff is, it's not just a little go-kart race on a right. Saturday night in Red Bluff, California, a town that 90% of people have probably never heard of. But, you know, <laughs> you know about it because of, because of racing. So yeah. um, I think that's really, really it to start the season. So much was covered. We weren't even really planning on talking about the issues of Red Bluff of, you know, that battle, but um, I'm sure, you know, it's all going to get sorted out and uh, Red Bluff to kind of cap it off. I mean, it's just in the best spot it's ever been in. Payouts. I feel like we have a couple more people in the grandstands even too. I know that's not, it hasn't been as much of a spectator thing. Like there's not a lot of people in Red Bluff that necessarily come to the races, but more than ever on fast forward watching, um, you know, from the different locations throughout the United States. But you said car count, competitiveness, the amount of guys that can win and, and uh, all the different manufacturers growing. And um, it's just it's just awesome to watch as a guy that saw it um, from a young age at, in 2009 and where it was at and how big it was then. But now it's it's grown incredibly. When I, when I was running Red Bluff, I got my second wing ever, <laughs> a piece of sheet metal up here with some vinyl that would probably blow off right now if I went and turned a lap or yeah. potentially stay on because it's either the best or the worst. But uh just look at how much it's grown. It's kind of cool to see. Yeah. You know, step back and look. We've went and raced with, you know, the All-Stars, the World of Outlaws. All this professionalism of dirt racing, and then you come back to Red Bluff, and you kind of see it stepping up to that yeah. professional. And I love it. And, it, and it's it's an outlaw cart, and it's kind of getting there, and it's yeah. awesome. Oh, it is. And I know that there's ideas that the, the right people have right now that are trying to put different things in place that are only going to continue to build the sport and just see it grow so i can't wait to do that document it keep you guys updated and hopefully get you more involved with you know the sport that we love so much and i owe everything i have too because i wouldn't be the driver i am today without the laps at red bluff throw in cycland roseburg indoor um in in many other racetracks you know across the west coast so we're leading the points we're in a good spot we're one win in we're hoping to uh cap off the next eight races and bring you guys along with us so i think that's going to wrap up this uh episode of off the track we'll see you guys on the next wednesday show ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages you are watching off the track and it is time to drop the hammer